1: Our post NBA draft podcast, um the date is june twenty eighth uh, so just a few days uh after the the two thousand and fifteen nBA draft here um really a, a great night for the big ten and and we kind of wanted to take a little bit to react to it. We had a podcast before <laughs> before the draft talked about uh, some of the guys who could be drafted. Where they could fit in, what kind of impact they could make in year one um and really i think I think the big Ten outperformed our expectations actually um on draft night and and just to kind of recap it briefly um you know the the drama started pretty early uh Carl Towns went number one, of course, uh he seemed like a lock the months uh, no surprise there at all, however, d'Angelo Russell of Ohio State. Big Ten zone, uh, went number two to the, the Los Angeles Lakers, which I, I know a lot of people were discussing him as a potential number two pick, but I don't think that was that popular of a you know, of a thought. Most people seem to figure that Okafer uh, from Duke would have been the number two pick, but Russell did uh to sneak in there and, and grab it uh right out from under him. So that's a uh you know, that started out as, as great news for the Big Ten. Um and then spinning, you know, after that. Uh lot of a lot of drama, different guys coming off the board. Uh there's a lot of debate about you know teams passing on uh on Winslow, out of Duke, um, you know that that's for that's for some different podcasts to talk about, I guess. <laughs> but uh, you know, and then the Big Ten second pick comes off the board at at number nine to uh, um, to Charlotte, and that and that was uh, Wisconsin's Frank Kaminsky. Um, and then you know it took a little while. I know there there was some debate about maybe maybe Sam Decker slid too much, but he ends up going at number twenty. It was it number 18? Um, you know, somewhere somewhere in that range he was out of the lottery. But uh, nonetheless, you know, I think it's 18, actually. Uh, nonetheless, he uh, went to the Houston Rockets. Um, you know, they they made the Western Conference Finals last year. So obviously a great um, performance by them. So he's joining a, a really good team, which is nice to see because a lot of these draft picks out of the Big Ten lately have been going really high. And as a result, um, you know, they join really bad teams. So it's gonna be nice to see a guy join a, a competitive roster uh for once. But um, you know, nobody gets nobody was really sure whether the Big Ten would have anybody drafted after that. They end up having Aaron White, um really in about the middle of the second round. Uh he gets picked up by the Wizards. Um, a lot of people were really excited by that pick and, and frankly they should have been. Um because there was a lot of talk that White was going to go undrafted. So that was huge to see him uh, sneak up there. I know there's kind of a – nobody's quite sure whether he's actually going to join the roster. It doesn't seem like he is. Uh seems like he's going to be kind of one of those, quote-unquote, stashes, uh, play overseas for a year, come back, and hopefully they have room after then. But, um, yeah, and then and then finally the, the last player drafted out of the Big Ten, uh, the fifth pick. Was uh, Brandon Dawson right at the end of the second round um, slid in uh, to the Pelicans, who subsequently traded him to the Clippers. So he he's with the Clippers right now. It's going to be very tough for him to make that roster, but um, but nonetheless, you know, really, it was, it, it was a real big positive to to see him actually to actually land on the board there. Um, but overall, again, five players drafted, uh, two lottery picks, three in the first round uh two in the second round. But uh five overall picks, you know, for a, a conference a lot of people thought would only get three guys drafted and a lot of the best players were coming back. Uh that's that's big news. Um and I, I thought personally it was a it was a really successful draft. Um but, you know, again we do wanna jump into some of these and we and we do have a lot of a lot of great uh guests joining us here today. Um we have uh we have first Eric from our own site. Eric, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, good. Um first uh why don't why don't we jump in here to uh your reactions on the of the draft here? Yeah, um
0: you hit the nail on the head with most of the points. Uh, it was good to see uh both Russell and Kaminsky get drafted both in the top ten. Charlotte obviously had their heart set on Kaminsky seeing the Celtics offered uh, Charlotte six picks for Winslow, and they didn't budge. So that's pretty cool to see that Kaminsky's worth six uh, draft picks. And, um, yeah, the Lakers at number two took Russell, which I found um, not really as surprising. I thought it was surprising maybe two weeks ago, just because I thought they were set on Okafor. But then, like, the more you look into it, the more you see the um, fit. It, It was a really good fit, and Russell could easily be the rookie of the year next season. And then, yeah, Decker getting drafted to Houston, that's awesome because that's a good team. And then, like you said, Aaron White is probably not going to play this year. And then it was good to see uh, Dawson get drafted. So they ended up with five getting drafted, which I thought was high because, I you know, I thought it might only end up being the three players that we just talked about getting drafted in the first round.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, with, with so many Wisconsin guys here, we, we did uh, – um, want to have a couple of our writers from the Wisconsin SB Nation site uh Bucky's Fifth Quarter jump on here. Uh I believe we have one with us right now. Uh h- how you doing?
2: Uh I'm doing all right. How are you?
1: <laughs> why don't why don't you introduce yourself real quick to our uh to our all listeners right. here? All
2: right. Uh I'm Andrew Rosen. I'm uh I've been with uh, Bucky's Fifth Quarter past few years uh been a badger fan since the dark days of Steve Yoder.
1: Um <laughs> uh, so uh you know obviously you have a, a Wisconsin perspective here um what what were your what was your reactions to the uh the draft night? Um
2: uh, abs- absolutely thrilled for uh, both spots uh Kaminsky going to going to Charlotte uh they do have a few uh big bodies in the form and the five but no one has the offensive skill set Frank Kaminsky has, and he should be able to help create more space for uh, uh, down low for Al Jefferson, which can only help the Bobcats as they uh, try and climb into uh, uh, playoff contention. And the Rockets, the Rockets may have found themselves a steal with Decker. I'm I, obviously. We'll will throw in the fact that I may be a, a homer and I may be biased here, but the one thing Decker lacks is a uh, consistent jump shot. I mean, he, you saw in the tournament he can get really hot or he can get ice cold from beyond the arc and uh, places therein, and he, you know, and he goes to the team that finds a way to uh, develop good good consistent shots out of people i mean you look at the rockets and uh you look at how josh Smith was shooting while he was there and you can see they do know how to they do know how to find a way to get people better shots
1: yeah yeah definitely um well I, you know I, I wanted to take a, a a little bit here and kind of just jump through each pick um you know there, there's obviously five but um You know, just go around uh, what each of you kind of think of, you know, their potential uh, this year and beyond, and, you know, especially for the the two guys in the second round, uh, you know, do you think they can actually make a roster? But um, let's just start right at the top with D'Angelo Russell. You know, obviously some high expectations being picked number two, uh, maybe the the Kobe in waiting, (laughs) quote-unquote. But, um, Eric, uh, what were your thoughts about Russell, and uh, what do you think he can do this year and beyond?
0: Yeah, uh, I obviously really like Russell, and I think he has, I mean, he obviously has loads of upside, and he's going to be really good this year. They obviously have a point guard in Jordan Clarkson, but I'm assuming that Russell will probably get the uh, go to to play over Clarkson. Um, And, I mean, there's been rumors that the Lakers might trade Russell, the Kings, if they could get Demarcus Cousins. But I think the Lakers should stick with Russell because uh, Cousins definitely has a a couple other problems off the court. Well, sometimes off the court, but mostly on the court. And, um, I, I don't know. I really do like the Russell pick. I think that's going to be a good direction for the Lakers to go in. I, I agree. Uh, Yeah. Yeah,
2: Sorry.
1: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh,
2: I, I do, I do agree that Russell's the sort of player that, you know, he, he, out of anyone, he has the uh, fastest path to becoming a star. Uh, He's got a he's got a great ability to create his own shot and of really good passing vision and I wouldn't put past him to you you know I wouldn't put past him to start right away but don't be surprised if uh, the Lakers at at least during certain points in the season uh, trot out a lineup of uh, uh, Russell Clarkson and Kobe uh, one through three because. Clarkson 65. He's uh tall enough to defend against most two guards. So at the very least they at the very least they wouldn't put themselves at a size disadvantage going going with that route.
1: Yeah, I think um you know I I definitely agree. I, you know, obviously there's going to be high expectations for anyone who goes number 2, but um you know I I think I think it shows a lot of their confidence to take a to take Russell over a guy like Okafor that you have sitting there which um, you know, I, I know everyone's kind of in agreement, semi agreement, that Towns is probably the uh, the guy with the most potential in the draft. But um, you know, there's a lot of people who really like Okafor, and to take Russell over him, I think shows a lot of obviously a lot of confidence that they have in him. But you know, on top of that, the Lakers have been quietly building some nice pieces here. You know, they still have Randall uh, from last year, maybe Kobe coming back. I don't, I don't think anybody's sure about what he might still have left in the tank, but, um, you know, the problem they obviously have is they're still stuck in the West, you know, with so many great teams, but, um, you know, I I think Russell can make a splash and if anything else, he'll add some, a lot of excitement to that team. Um, and really it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, I, I don't want to call him out of shape because, you know, he's definitely in better shape than me. I can say that, but, um, you know, I think Russell still has a lot more to go in terms of athleticism and I think, you know, being with the NBA guys, uh, you know, training with them, I think especially if he gets uh some mentoring from Kobe in terms of, you know, the effort you got to put forth in the gym um and around the year, I think you could see a massive step forward in his actual, you know, physical ability on the court. And if you tie that with his ability to use angles and his stops, on uh, and his passing. I mean the sky's the limit uh for Russell. But um yeah this year I uh definitely has to be in that rookie of the year conversation at least now. But um but yeah why don't why don't we move on to our, our next guy uh which I'm sure will sit well with uh our our just board here to our round table. Um Frank Kaminsky uh to the Hornets. Uh Eric, uh, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah,
0: um I really like Kaminsky, obviously. Some people think that his game won't translate that well to the NBA because he's um, not as like quick on the offensive end, but he finds ways to score in a variety of ways. And he's going to be able to stretch the floor for the uh, Hornets, especially a team that's terrible at shooting last season, and they're like starting five now with Kaminsky, Jefferson, probably Kid Gokert, Kevin Walker, and I don't know, probably the two-guard, but... Um, he'll be able to add shooting, which is something they desperately need, and um, I just really like the pick.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm. It's you know, it's somewhat unorthodox, and obviously, with the big rumor that they uh, could have had six picks for uh, yeah. for the uh, number nine slot in a draft that was pretty deep, he, he is going to be coming in with uh, some kind of. You know, with higher expectations than most, uh, <laughs> with than most people who would have the sixth, you know, who would be the sixth pick. But it's a it's a situation where he's going to he's uh, going to be in a spot where he can, uh, you know, where his strengths play very well, and it's it's one of those things where he gets away from uh, uh, Bo Ryan and. You know, obviously, I'm not going to say anything bad about Bo Ryan. Obviously, but he is one of those people who will take a little less hard defense if an offensively skilled player can stay on the floor. So, I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Kaminsky, if Kaminsky's defense was underrated during the draft process, and he does a little better. But obviously, it's one of those things where you know if if you have a seven footer a seven foot tall stretch four who's uh who you know who at the very least will will play defense it you know he'll play it obviously there are the athletic questions about how well but he will give it his best shot anyway yeah
1: yeah no no doubt there um you know i, I personally i I have some doubts about Kaminsky. Um, you know, I, I talked about him in the the pre draft uh podcast we did. Um you know, I'm I'm kinda concerned about which position I you know, I, I know especially in today's game, you can't sell in, you know, live and die by the, the position clarifications, but I just worry about, you know, if he if he's big enough to really contain the fives and, and do damage on the offensive end there. Um and if he can really contain the force, you know, if he has to, you know, defend the perimeter, uh, which, you know, Kaminsky, you know, I I, I agree with him, uh, you know, a thing he said where, you know, he hasn't reached the ceiling yet. He still has more potential. I am totally in agreement with that. I think he still has more potential. But I think what's unique about him is I feel like we're going to get a very quick idea about what kind of prospect he is uh, in the NBA. Um,
0: you know, a guy
1: like Russell, I wouldn't be that shocked if, you know, he doesn't have the greatest first year and then just boom, blows up the next year. Um Kaminsky, I feel like we're gonna have a pretty good idea early this season about whether he's really gonna stick in the NBA and, you know, take what he was doing at in college uh to the next level. Or, you know, if he, he really can't find that role um to be a, a long term starter. But um yeah, obviously, you know, there's gonna be expectations if you're you know, the national player of the year and uh you know Michael Jordan uh takes you and you know he doesn't uh take that trade I guess from Boston that everybody's talking about but um yeah it it'll be interesting you know I uh I don't want to doubt, frank I you know I have I have some uh some doubts like I said but um uh definitely will be interesting and and he's proven that uh you know he can override you know low expectations he he's done it at least once before um but, uh, but yeah, move, moving down here to our, our third pick from the Big Ten, uh, Sam Decker. Uh, Eric, we'll start again with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on Decker's pick? Yeah, um,
0: I agree. I think Decker was definitely a steal at where the Rockets got him because uh, a lot of mock drafts prior to the draft had Decker, some going in the top ten, definitely in the lottery or, like, mid-first uh, round. But, yeah, the Rockets snagged him and they're a winning team. The only concern I have is uh, that he is inconsistent at shooting, and the Rockets love, love to shoot the three ball. So I feel like this season he probably won't see the floor as much as he would on another team, and just, unless he can get his jump, uh, his three-point shot to be more consistent because the Rockets do love to shoot the three-ball. And, uh, yeah, but if he can definitely get a consistent 3 point jumper, he'll uh, be a great fit on that team, especially with his defense. Yeah, it's – yeah, that
2: is basically the only question that uh, you'd have with the drafting Decker. I mean, he's – it's a great value pick on its own, even if the f- consistent jumper doesn't come because it, because he's – Someone who can uh you know he's a good passer good athlete' we'll, we'll defend with the best of' them and uh, it's just really a question of uh if that uh three point shot comes there were there were reports that uh the Rockets do expect decker to spend some time in the in uh the d league, but I wouldn't put past uh decker that even if this year is some kind of a retro year somewhere down the road like when he's uh, 23-24 all all of a sudden the Rockets have another scoring option with him
1: yeah I I thought this was a really an interesting pick um and I know a lot of people say that about a lot of picks but um you know I remember tweeting out right before Houston picked I was like yeah he's probably not going to get drafted by Houston probably not the best fit and then immediately of course they pick him and uh I I just, I think everybody's big question mark about Decker is can he actually be a consistent three point threat? Um, You know, some people are they think he can really take sort of that NCAA tournament performance, uh, you know, at the next level and really focus on that and and improve well. But um, you know, there's obviously the whole rest of the year when you know he's not he's not a terrible three point shooter at all. But uh, you know, was he good enough? Uh, to really make a difference there in the NBA. I, I'm not sure, but, um, you know, as both of you mentioned, you know, the Rockets are a uh, pretty analytical-based team. Uh, a lot of threes, rebound, uh, you know, they want their baskets at the hoop or at the, uh, you know, outside the arc. And, you know, maybe maybe Decker's that guy who can help him get inside and maybe give a boost on defense and rebounding. Um, he definitely seems like a value pick. Uh you know, going as low as he did, I thought he could easily go higher, but, um, the team, the team fits going to be interesting, but, uh, but yeah, I I agree with you guys, you know, if he can develop an outside shot, uh, he could be a really big boost for that team, um, and especially, you know, nonetheless, it'll be exciting to see, uh, him in, hopefully in the games, uh, this year in the NBA playoffs, because I, I assume Houston will make it next year, but, uh, but yeah, with with that, uh that's our kind of recap there of the of the first round for the Big 10 guys. Uh so let's jump into the second round. Um the first guy uh for the Big 10 in the second round was uh Iowa's Aaron White. Um Again, you know, as I mentioned before, he wasn't exactly uh, guaranteed or uh mocked mocked into the into the draft, so uh a little bit of a surprise, but uh you know, Iowa fans are clearly happy about it. Uh Eric what what did you think of uh, the Aaron White pick?
0: Yeah, I think the pick was a a good risk to take. Um, he obviously had a great college career, and there's some question marks with his shooting, but he's very athletic, um, and he's pretty good on the defensive end. He gets gets a lot of rebounds. He gets a lot of steals too. He's got good size. So I think that's a good risk to take even if he does not play this year because I think he was drafted by the Wizards. And um, he, they have a decent amount of small forwards and power boards, So I, I still think he needs to find his role. I think he's going to be a small forward. He could play some power forward, but he's going to have to get a little bigger. And, um, yeah, so I think it's good to stash him away and uh, hopefully he can come back from wherever he plays and start to play in the NBA.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I agree, you know, it's one of those things when you're picking, when you're, uh, you know, getting towards the end of the second round, you're just, you know, if you're being honest, you're looking for someone who could provide value for you at some point, and, uh, Aaron White's definitely one of those, uh, types of players, he, you know, he's a good rebounder, you know, high effort player, good athleticism, he's able to generate a steal per game as well, and, uh, you know, one of the other impressive things is he developed into a pretty good free throw shooter uh, by the end of his time in Iowa. And I, I also wouldn't be surprised if they don't send Aaron White, you know, away straight away. I mean, Paul Pierce already opted out of his contract, and outside of uh, Nene, it's it's pretty slim pickings for the Wizards at the three or the four. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see something from Aaron White at least to start with.
1: Yeah, I think um, you know White, and and it's something I you know I should just throw it out there as a general point. You know, the second round, you, I I always say this every time we talk about the NBA draft, but uh, you know, the second round, you obviously you don't get guaranteed contracts. Um, and some teams kind of almost begrudgingly, you know, take their picks because they don't have roster space, is the the honest truth. But, um, you know, I, I think White is going to be a really nice piece as a potential stash uh, guy, you know, overseas for a year. See how he kind of develops and he comes back. Um, you know, he... It, Wait, you know, I kind of, I always thought during his college career, you know, obviously he was a really good player. You know, he made the All-Big Ten team this year. But, um, you know, he he never had one thing that he was great at. But he was really, really good at, like, five different things. You know, he could rebound, he could score, he could shoot, uh, he could play defense. But there wasn't, you know, that one area that he was crazy good at. Um, And I I think that's a positive for an NBA team because they feel like, you know, uh, we can slide him around, have him play, you know, Five different roles if we need him to, but I also think it's a hindrance because you know he's not a guy where you can say, you know, if you're a team, you know, we'll we'll just use Cleveland as an example where you know you're gonna your big guys are like Irvin, you know, LeBron, Kevin Love, or you know whatever they'll be next year, but
0: and you want to get
1: roster guys that can fit one specific role just to fit in there, and uh, you know White White's not probably not going to fit that um, because he's such a diverse player, but. I think eventually he will find a spot, you know, whether it's with the Wizards or not, just cuz I think his game is balanced enough to where um, you know, he may not be on one of those elite teams that's just trying to plug in pieces, but uh, you know, for a team that's trying to look for people who off the bench you can kind of uh even things out or or even just, you know, play against other guys in practice would be a would be a nice boost, but definitely uh it, it was really nice to see him get drafted, you know, a lot of people were saying he uh wouldn't get drafted, so that was nice. But um, yeah, definitely a guy who's going to have to do his work overseas, and then you know we'll kind of see see where it goes from there next year. But um, but yeah, yeah. Let's jump. Let's jump to the the last guy here uh, out of the Big Ten, and it was uh, Brandon Dawson from Michigan State. Uh, again, he gets drafted by the Pelicans, and then immediately traded in some sort of. Uh, the Clippers like bought the pick or something. Uh, I I don't understand the NBA salary cap, but uh, you know it, it's too complicated for me. But uh, but nonetheless, he's on the Clippers at least for now. You know we'll see if he actually gets a roster spot next season. But uh, but w- what are your what are your thoughts on the on the Dawson pick? And uh, you know again, Eric, we'll start with you. Yeah, I
0: really liked the Dawson pick. Um, obviously, there's some questions about his height. He's six seven, which is kind of short for if he wants to play the four and he can't really play the three just because he really, really can't shoot. Um he's not a good three point shooter. He's not really a good mid range shooter. But he's a pretty good finisher around the rim and he's just a great energy guy. And I think that's something that's pretty key and um at the next level. And I think like he's gonna work hard at the next level and you know, and I just think that he'll be good on the defensive end and Give him some time. I mean, I wouldn't expect the next Draymond Green, but I think he'll be a good player at the next level. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. This is this is a situation where the Clippers have kind of uh, put themselves in some sort of a salary cap uh, peril with the way the roster has been set up, and uh, Brandon Dawson is, you know, one of those players that can definitely help, even though he does have the glaring weakness of, uh, you know, shooting from outside the paint. Uh, you know, high energy. He he can defend a lot of people in a lot of spots. He crashes the boards. And uh, I think, if I remember correctly, he averaged like nine boards a game last year for Michigan State. Uh, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where if you're looking for a skill that can easily translate from uh, college to the pros rebounding is that is that mm-hmm. skill and with the you know with the with the way he plays despite the fact that offensively he is you know he is what he is and it's not exactly t- you know it's not exactly great shooting wise you know he's tough he's uh he's a tough defender and uh if you're the clippers you you need somebody that can at least give you that at least give you that off the bench.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Um just to just to kind of put your stat about the rebounding in perspective. Uh last season uh in terms of rebounding rate, uh which Kempom uses, um for players in the Big Ten who played forty percent of minutes last season, uh he was number two in the conference with a twenty three point five percent rebounding rate. Uh, only trailed uh, Frank Kaminsky, uh, National Player of the Year, <laughs> uh, who we've all already talked about as a first-round pick. So uh, really uh, a great performance by him on the boards. And, you know, I, I definitely agree. I think um, he could, you know, he's kind of the flip of what we were just ta- I was talking about with, you know, White. Uh, you know, Dawson isn't as diverse, but he has these couple of skills that he's just awesome at. And, you know, rebounding to one, defense. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, if there's a team that really needs that, that's going to throw him in. Um, you know, making the Clippers, I think, is going to be tough uh, just given, you know, it's a really talented team. You know, they have young guys. They have experienced guys. And, you know, frankly, uh, at least, you know, unless something changes between now and the season, um, you know, they're a team that's gunning for a title. You know, they they want to make the finals. Uh, they really want to be there. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see if Dawson can get in that equation. Um I do, I do have a feeling he will find somewhere by the start of the season. Uh, you know, obviously he's going to have to perform well in the summer league, but, um, but yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to follow him, uh, you know, and see and maybe if he can improve some of those other areas enough that his rebounding and defense can land him a roster spot. But um, and and just to kind of to jump off of that, you know, obviously uh, you know both Dawson and White, if they do make a roster next season, are going to have to earn their spots. Uh, you know, unlike Kaminsky, Decker, and Russell, who will all, all have guaranteed deals. But, um, you know, the Summer League, it's coming up. Uh, a lot of Big Ten players undrafted, either this year or last year, will be playing. Um, you know, our, I think like 21 or 22 teams already have a Big Ten player on their Summer League team. So a lot <laughs> the conference is well-represented. Um who who do you think might be a guy who can sneak into a roster? You know, of the guys you've seen, um, and I know there's a couple of Wisconsin guys, so so that'll help you guys out. But uh, you know, Erica, who, who do you see as a guy who could potentially uh, you know sneak into a roster from the, the summer league?
0: Yeah, um, I think Teron Pedaway could sneak onto a roster just because he could be able to add instant offense, instant offense for a team. Um, he's obviously he gets a little shot happy and he's not afraid to shoot but um, he can create his own shot which is definitely valuable in the NBA there's a lot of players who some, like cannot create their own shot so I don't know, I like Petaway he'll definitely have to be more consistent as a three point shooter especially if he uh, wants to uh, join the team and especially if he plays for the Hawks but um, yeah, I like Petaway
2: yeah, it, I I do agree that someone that can uh, create their own shot will, you know, always has an easier way to make it uh, off the bench. Uh, you know, if I'm if I'm gonna be biased and might as well be a uh, a little biased, I I'm looking <laughs> at Josh Gasser in the in the Brooklyn Nets. You have a you know you have someone who's a uh, consistent defender, a uh, solid a solid distributor and and who can uh, hit the big shot, you know, who's unafraid to take the big shot for you off the bench. Obviously, you know, obviously you look at uh, Brooklyn and that might not be the place for him, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if some team catching a Brooklyn game during the summer league takes a shine to him and uh, offers him a chance at camp as, you know, some kind of third guard with upside, and, uh, and he he definitely makes it uh otherwise yeah i I'd, I'd probably go uh i'd probably start with uh petaway uh, as uh my as uh my first choice to be a, a free agent surprise from the big 10
1: all right yeah makes sense i think um for me um you know i, I said it before our uh you know, again in, in the pre-draft uh, podcast, but um, I like DJ Newbill in this situation. You know, I think his scoring is really going to show up. Um, you know, especially if, if if they're calling plays for him, letting him handle the ball. Um, you know, he's a guy who you know we talked about might have been a little bit underrated just on the fact that he wasn't playing for a great team and really he had to carry a lot of the load. But I'm interested to see how he can perform in a role where you know he doesn't have to carry the team he can just kind of play his role he can score what he when he gets it and i think you know if he plays efficient efficiently uh you can pass the ball well you know he might be able to sneak onto a roster you know a team that's looking for a guy who can bring some offense off the bench potentially um but yeah i also i also agree with uh padaway um you know i think he's probably was the highest perceived guy who who didn't get drafted out of you know this year's Big Ten draft class. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he can break the Hawks lineup. He'll definitely, uh, definitely have to be a little more efficient than he was in college. Uh, you know, the Hawks are playing that efficient basketball there. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but yeah, you know, one, yeah. one more, uh, one more question about, uh, you know, the summer league. Um, actually, actually, two questions here. Um, you know, one of one of the first things is a lot of people I think are under the perception that the summer league doesn't matter. Um, not all that important fans shouldn't care because you know half of these guys won't even play in the NBA. Uh you know, first do you think the summer league even matters? Um and second, um we talked about guys who, you know, from this Big 10 that could crack the roster. Who are you most excited to see who, you know, is already either drafted or undrafted from the Big 10 that uh are is coming back to play in the summer league? Um you know, if if you've gotten a chance to to look over kind of the the guys who are playing this summer. Uh and Eric, uh, we'll we'll start with you on this one.
0: Um yeah, I mean, I think people should enjoy summer basketball. It's basketball in the summer and there's not much else to watch unless you really enjoy watching baseball. And uh I really think <laughs> that seeing all these different players play with different like from players from prior NBA seasons and Sometimes they play with old teammates who have been in the league for a little bit. And it's just cool to see them in a different environment. And, you know, see them really, especially for some of these guys, it's their last shot to try and get on a roster. And, you know, they're all going to try really hard to impress. And why wouldn't you enjoy that, you know? Um, yeah, I haven't really got the chance to look at uh, Big Ten players returning to several leagues. So I'm going to pass on that question. <laughs>
2: yeah, um, uh... Yeah, it's the summer league. It's you know, it's one of those things where you you never know what you can find in the summer league. I mean, I mean, you look at a player like Matthew Delvadova who went undrafted, impressed in the summer league, and ended up, you know, helping the you know the Cavs. That was basically just Le- LeBron James and uh, nobody, and uh, made that team, you know at least uh, compete against one of the better teams in NBA history in Golden State and you can you can see value yeah odds are you're probably going to end up finding a you know a bunch of people whose uh future career upside is going to be you know turkish at best but <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where uh it's you know at the, You know, at the very, at the very, you know, at the absolute least, if you end up visiting the summer league, unless you end up visiting, you know, you're gonna you're gonna visit a place, you know, you're gonna watch basketball in a place that's nice to visit. You know, I'm not I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna mock the fact that they have a summer league in Salt Lake City now because you know there's mountains. Utah's a nice place to see once in your life. Uh, as for the second question about returning uh, Big Ten players, <laughs> uh, I've got to go with uh, my compatriot and pass because I didn't get a chance to research that one
1: quite yet. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, and and for, for listeners who are interested in that, I do have a list that's sort of going on BT Powerhouse now. Um, it has all the Big Ten players that are planning, have already been reported or are likely participating um i continuously update it as i see stuff so check that out if you are interested there's a lot of former uh you know big name guys including aaron craft who uh you know everybody everybody has an opinion on aaron craft so yeah, <laughs> um, but, but uh yeah you know first off i i do think the summer league matters um and and i think it matters for for three reasons first as eric said there is nothing going on. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, unless you're a, a big-time baseball fan or, um, you know, you're like me and you're starting to to get into BattleBots now that's going right now. So, as a side note, BattleBots is awesome. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, unless you're a big baseball fan, you know, it, it's basketball to watch. You know, who's going to turn that down? But um, outside of that, you know, first off, uh, you know, you do get your last couple of roster guys from this. And, you know, sometimes, you know, as you're talking about with the Cavaliers, you know those guys can make an impact here and there and really um you know capture what the quality of your team's going to be, uh, at least in attitude and so on. Um, and the other thing too that I think a lot of people underrate about the summer league is a lot of times you get to see who is about to blow up the next season and And that's not necessarily rookies, but the second year guys who come back and play in the summer league for a second time. Um I know for me I'm a, I'm a big uh, Pistons fan and last year uh Kentavious Caldwell-Pope uh he wasn't that great in his first summer league he came back blew up in the second summer league and he played way better and you know I you really you could see it coming as soon as he stepped into the summer league um and I and I think that's going to be interesting uh especially if you're a Big 10 fan you know there are a lot of uh a lot of guys who were drafted high last year who are coming back and hoping to really make a splash and take that next step. Um, and spinning off of that, the guy who I am most excited to watch is uh, Michigan's Mitch McGarry. Um, he's so fun. Uh, he's so energetic off the bench. And, um, you know, he really had a really good first season uh, in Oklahoma city. Um, he did have some injury issues and obviously the thunder were kind of, uh, you know, shortened with Durant and Westbrook and all of that stuff. But, um, I'm interested to see if he can take that next step and really be a, a good NBA player next year. Um, outside, you know, I, I should also mention, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a Michigan alum, so I'm definitely biased with McGarry there. But, uh, you know, I'm also excited to see, uh, you know, Nick Stauskas as well. Uh, you know, he didn't have a great first year, but, um, you know, he was the Big Ten's highest pick last year. and You know, uh, I know he's in Ann Arbor right now working out, and I think uh, he could be another guy who really takes a big step forward. But um spinning off of that uh you know I, I think that's about all all we got right now but um you know I think I thank you both for for joining here and uh um any any final thoughts on the the draft the summer league um sort of the the doll the doll part of the summer here uh for uh, college basketball uh Eric uh, any final thoughts Watch the summer league you'll enjoy it
2: <laughs> Yeah uh yeah, basically, treat yourself to some uh, good basket. Treat yourself to some good basketball. And I went on your website and I found a name to uh, to list as uh, someone who I'm kind of excited to watch. I mean, right now you've got the Portland Trail Blazers in flux, and uh, if Tim, Fr- you know, if Tim Frazier shows up in summer league, he had a real big year in the D League last year. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh tim fraser end up making a roster
1: yeah yeah i know um you know portland picked him up at the end of the year uh you know obviously you know it'll be interesting to see if he stays there but uh you know a great player in the big ten that's for sure but uh but yeah again uh you know thank thank you both for coming on here and uh hopefully we'll have a, another podcast here coming up shortly uh and jump into maybe some preview stuff for next season. I know everybody's excited, but thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. See ya.
2: See ya.